1: I realized I had missed this gigantic piece of the wellness puzzle, which was the fact that my body was never going to be good enough in my eyes if I, if it was just all about these external changes.
2: What does it look like to have a healthy body while the magazines and ads and even people in your life will tell you the best thing to lose weight or stay healthy or get ripped at the gym? What does it look like to actually have a holistic picture of health? Well, in this episode, we talk about bodily health with Jennifer Taylor-Wagner. She's the author of a book coming out this January called Your Good Body. Listen in to my conversation with Jennifer. Welcome to the Finding Holy podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hales, author of A Spacious Life. I love big ideas, but ideas have to move beyond an ivory tower to find their application in the midst of our work and our laundry routines. Here on the Finding Holy podcast, expect conversations about how to live faithfully in a post-Christian world, but without the vitriol posturing or shouting across the aisles. I hope you enjoyed season five, where we really dug into so many great themes about A Spacious Life, and I hope you've had a chance to pick up a copy of A Spacious Life. But as we head into the Christmas season, and as we think about 2022, before we begin a whole new season here at the podcast, I wanted to take a little pause where we consider issues of health. What does it look like to care for our environment? What does it look like to have a healthy church? How about our spiritual lives or our bodies? Join me in just a short little series as we consider issues of health. Friends, it's really fun to welcome Jennifer Taylor Wagner to the podcast. She has written a book, it'll be out in January, called Your Good Body, Embracing a Body Positive Mindset in a Perfection-Focused World. So it'll be really fun to talk about what does it look like to experience health in our bodies. Thanks so much for being here, Jennifer. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. So, I would love you know as we get started and our listeners getting to know you, share a little bit about your story. Where did this book come from? Tell us, yeah, your own a little bit of your own journey.
1: I have to just spill my heart and soul all out there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so you know where I'm coming from. But I feel like our, my story is what gives perspective as to why I'm so passionate about this message. But it's basically that of a girl never having been at peace with her body. I mean, I can remember all the way back in kindergarten as a little girl where a sweet, well-meaning little boy <laughs> um, drew attention to my cheeks. He said they looked like chipmunk cheeks. And I immediately thought he was classifying me as chubby. And there was the first sting of not being at peace with my body, even at that Mm -hmm. young age. And even as I grew older, first grade, second grade, fifth grade, seventh grade, grade, all through the formative years, I realized I was sort of walking through life in a body that was larger than the majority of the bodies around me. And everyone was relentlessly reminding me, sort of in a bullying <laughs> aspect, that my body was too large. I needed mm-hmm. to take up less weight. I needed to lose weight. And my body was just, everything was about the size of my body. And people couldn't see past that. They could only see the size of my body. And so by the time I was graduating high school at 336 pounds, by that time, I had already walked through so much. And I literally felt like there was something innately wrong with me because I couldn't just lose this weight that everybody in the whole entire universe, it felt like, was telling me to lose. And so I had gone through so much at that point. By that time, I was really tired on the outside. I was completely broken on the inside. And I was for sure not at peace with my body. But the weird, crazy thing is, is that eventually... I did that thing that so many of us desperately want to do, and I lost the weight, right? I dropped 150 pounds, and here I am, half my size, and shockingly, I'm still not at peace mm-hmm. with my body. And so mm-hmm. I realized even later down the line of having after having lost all of that weight, and i maintaining it for a little while. I realized I had missed this gigantic piece of the wellness puzzle, which was the fact that my body was never going to be good enough in my mm. eyes if I, if it was just all about these external changes, if I just always saw my body as something that needed fixing or improvement or changing, I could make all the changes ever that I ever wanted to make. I could lose all the pounds, you know, I could tone the muscles and do all the things. And I was never going to be at peace with my body if I didn't change my perspective Mm -hmm. on the way that I saw my body. And so that's sort of this, the mindset that I carry when I talk about this message of our bodies being good and learning to embrace them in a, in a positive way. Why do you think, I mean,
2: obviously the, the problem of how we view our bodies and how we view our bodies as something separate from us is so pervasive, especially in Western cultures. How have you learned to kind of integrate, like I am my body and you know, like, I, even in Christian kind of, we have more of these like Platonist sort of ways of viewing our bodies, right? Like that matter is bad and the spirit is good. And so we separate and we view our bodies, especially women particularly, as something separate from us. How did you learn to begin to integrate some of those things? Like I'm a whole
1: person. Yeah. (laughs) Which includes my body, right? Right. Yeah. You know, I think that I finally came to this realization that I am going to be living in this body for the rest of my life. Like I'm, it's not, it's I'm not going to be living in a different body until I'm in heaven one day. <laughs> you know, I, this is the body I'm living in, and so it is a part of me. And it is I, I, it, it's what wakes up every morning. It's what carries me, you know, down the stairs to get my coffee in the morning, and it's what you know, I I see through these eyes, I hear through these ears. I, you know, it's, it's a part of my everyday life. And for so long for me, I was like, so at war with my body that I almost just wanted to like completely forget about it. And Mm. for a while with that whole thinking of if I could just lose the weight, I would be happy. I, I assumed if I could just lose the weight, like everyone's telling me to do, then I can forget about it. I can be done and then I don't ever have to think about my body ever again. And boy, hmm. was I wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's, it is totally – and I think that's one of the reasons. See, I remember sitting there years after I had dropped all that weight and I didn't even know, I didn't even realize how constant the narrative in my mind was about negative thoughts about my body. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, wow, wow this is taking up a lot of space in my mind. Mm -hmm. And how how much longer am I going to be completely filled with these anxious thoughts about my body? And so for me, I sort of had to get to that place of okay, I'm going to have to like accept this body as it is. Like I was still trying to lose more weight after all of that because I still had that mentality of just not being good enough. Yeah. and i realized that wasn't going to happen my body was like no jennifer we're not losing one more pound <laughs> this is where we are and we're staying yeah. right here yeah and so that's when i sort of thought okay this is the body that i'm going to live in it is a part of me and i need to start appreciating and celebrating this body that i live in rather than like what's the alternative being completely at war with my body and being angry about my body or frustrated or even resentful at times toward my body so mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. it, i i t- totally hear what you're saying. There's this, there's this like separation from us and our bodies. And and it's almost like, no, no, our bodies are part of us. And we were given these bodies to navigate through this physical world that we live in, you
2: Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And I think particularly that seems to strike for women particularly, or at least maybe more widespread, the sense that my body is separate from me. um, Right. And maybe that's just like the sexualization of female bodies, you know, in culture. Yeah. I'm not sure of of how many different (laughs) streams I'm sure combined to, to, to create that sense. But sure. Tell us a little bit about how, that process that growing process you know you talk about it like as body positivity um i'd love to hear just practically how did you help change some of that mindset and then secondarily how was that important in your life of faith too how did jesus help you change that mindset
1: Yeah, so I think as far as practical, in the practical sense, I'll be honest. When I started realizing, okay, I've got this really negative uh, dialogue going on in my heart about my body. I've got to, I've got to tend to this. Like, I've got to tend to this, just like I tended to the physical aspect for so long. I've got to tend to the inside, and I didn't really know how to do that when I was starting my journey. And I remember just very initially, I so 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 kind of a side note, when people ask me what's like the first step, I always say the first step is realizing what your inner dialogue is looking like. <laughs> what yeah. are you thinking about your body? Just taking note in a completely, with no judgment toward yourself, just taking note of what's going on in your mind and your heart about your body. Whenever you have a thought about your body, is it typically more on the negative side or is it celebratory? Is it appreciative? What is it without judgment? So that's one of the first things. And then I know for me, I was like, like, I know this may sound a little out there, but I was like, I am going to have to totally, like, I can't stop the thoughts from popping into my head, especially those of us who have walked through this body thing for a really long time and were bullied for a long time. We It's going to take some effort to rewrite that narrative. And so I started developing some some sort of statements that are more positive about my body and appreciating this body that I'm living in for the rest of my life. And so I developed sort of a list of statements. Some people call them affirmations, whatever you want to call them. And the reason, the specific reason that I did that was because I thought, okay, I've got, I'm going to notice these thoughts as they start to enter my mind and heart, and I'm going to try to catch them and replace them with more positive ones. And so that was one of the very first initial practical things that I started to do to just start to see my body in a different light. And then I started asking myself a lot of questions. So if I had a negative thought, about my legs or whatever it could be my arms my tummy whatever it is we all have our things I would question that thought mm-hmm. and I would question where I came up with this belief that that's a negative thing um, mm-hmm. that my my legs are, are too big or whatever it might be mm-hmm. I, I would question what who made me believe that that's such a bad thing? Or, you know, what, why is it that you really feel like the size of your legs is, is not a good thing or whatever? And so just really getting deeper into that into that that train of thought and seeing why am I why do I why am I believing these things about my body, and then sort of rewriting them. I always call them thought swaps, <laughs> because again, you can't stop the thing from popping into your mind, but you can kind of catch it and replace it, swap it with one that's more positive. Mm-hmm. And then I think one thing that a very wise woman imparted to me a while back was to start flipping my thoughts about other people and start really noticing the good in other people completely apart from their bodies. Because when you've wrestled with your own body image for a long time, you're constantly comparing your body Mm -hmm. to the body of other women, which causes you to be very consumed with bodies, right? Mm -hmm. So I started tuning into other things about people because, you know, for me, I was like, I don't want to be reduced to the size of my body. I, there's so much more to Jennifer than than my body. And mm-hmm. so I started seeing those things and calling those things out in other people as well. So those are a couple of the practical things and then another thing that is yes, on the spiritual side to go back to that question but mm-hmm. also a little bit practical. Yeah. I remember sitting in my apartment, our teeny tiny little apartment in Florida several years ago and when I had this realization about my my inner dialogue about my body And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, okay, great. I need to love my body more. But like, what does that look like? And I actually literally found myself looking at the love chapter in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which we apply to loving others. And of course, we're not trying to have an, an, um, an infatuation with ourselves or an out of balance. But when you have been pushed down so long that your self-esteem is so low that you can't really love others very well. Mm -hmm. You've got to kind of take note of that. And so I literally started looking at those aspects of how we're called to love others and seeing how I could apply that to a healthier love of myself and seeing myself the way that God sees me. So I was like, okay, love is patient. Okay. How can I be a little more patient with myself and where I am in my body journey? And um, when I feel like I've, in air quotes, messed up in some way, how can I be more patient? Love is kind. How can I approach myself with more kindness rather than hating myself into submission or trying to, Mm -hmm. how can I practice more kindness and compassion? And I literally went through all of those aspects of love and and tried to see how I could maybe apply that a little bit to my own way that I see myself. And so that really helped me, that helped me along the journey as well. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because there's a verse in the message translation in Ephesians chapter three, I believe, where it talks about how God works in us to accomplish what he desires to accomplish, but he doesn't do it by pushing us around. He does it deeply and gently by his spirit working within us. Mm -hmm. And that is such a strong reflection in my mind of my body journey, because it has been just a walk toward freedom. And I remember even in the very beginning when I saw somebody who, who looked a lot like me and she was so free in her body and I was like, that's the freedom I want. I want that confidence. And I, I thought, wow, I can be this. I can live in this body and look like this and be free. Wow. And I was so excited and <laughs> I was all about it and I was like, yay, I'm free. But now I look back and I'm like, girl, you were not free. <laughs> now you're way more free. But I felt mm-hmm. so free and I, and I just... I see that that freedom as a journey. It's like a journey toward being so free in this area of our lives. And I, and it's and it's just a a slow and steady walk toward it. At least that's what it's been for me mm-hmm. on the spiritual mm-hmm. side of things.
2: You're likely a mom who's reheated her cup of coffee at least 5 times today. Maybe you find yourself the calendar scheduling guru. And as you think ahead about the holiday season, you want to create something magical. But in all the hustle, how do we connect with what really matters? That's where a spacious season comes in. We need to see our story and our parenting journey for both moms and dads in light of God's big story of redemption. So a spacious season, a weary mom rejoices is your invitation. It's your on-the-ground resource. In small, bite-sized episodes, a spacious season welcomes you into a more meaningful Advent and Christmas season. In a spacious season, you'll get 6 audio devotionals and a great workbook to help take those episodes deeper into your heart and into your life. Make sure you go grab one today. You can get it at aahales.com/shop. That's aahales.com/shop. It's time for a more spacious season.
0: and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's really helpful. And, you know, as you're talking, I think I hear bits of like, this is what it looks like to take every thought captive, right? You know, I'll yeah. talk about to take every thought captive. And so, because I think a lot of the body positive language, or, you know, maybe we're scrolling through Instagram or whatever, and, without kind of a Christian base, it's just like, love yourself. But like, but why? Why yeah. should I love myself? Or why should I love myself at this size? You know, everything outside of us in culture, Western culture, right, tells us to like, you're only good enough if, right? If you've achieved something, if you have a certain kind of job, or if you look beautiful, according to social standards. And, you know, it's only as we figure out how to like internalize God's love, that we can begin to take those thoughts captive that they actually have, you know, like some meat to it, you know? Yes. Right. Instead of just saying, well, I love my body. Like, right. Great. But like, yeah, Why? Why? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's taking every thought captive and aligning it with the word of God and what God says about you. And to be honest, it took me a long time to see things in that way. I mean, I had heard, you know, the Bible verse that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, which is true and amazing and beautiful, but but somehow I did not apply it to myself. And Mm -hmm. so I really didn't take hold of the word of God. And I really, it's, it's amazing. I, it's like, it didn't even come alive to me that strongly until for a while. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that there is a lot in the word of God that can be applied to our bodies and our relationship with our bodies, I was really amazed. And I, and I, and I was just reminded again that the things that concern us, the things that we are, that we struggle with. If this is the thing that I struggle with, if this is the thing, the thorn in Jennifer's side, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. then, then that's the thing that God cares about. That's one of the things that God cares about for me. And so if this is the thing that I need to be free in, He cares about that. Yeah. He cares about not only does He care about this body that He literally crafted inside the womb, He cares about my body. He cares about that, but He cares about the things that I struggle Struggle with. He cares about the things that try to hold me in bondage mm-hmm. and, and captive and to keep me under and to keep me from living this life that he's called me to live. And so he cares, he cares, he cares. <laughs> yeah. It's just amazing to see how, you know, his grace is sufficient, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and he's always been there. That's one of the things I was really amazed with in this journey is I I just I just I was in prayer one day and I was just, I was so enlightened to realize. That all through this journey, even as a little girl talking to a little boy in khaki shorts who said I had chipmunk cheeks, he was there. He saw it all. Mm -hmm. He's been there every single step. He knew this was the thing I would wrestle with. He knew this is the thing I would need grace for. He knew every time I stepped on the scale and stepped off of it and assumed I was still not good enough, he was there. Every tear I've cried, every pound I've lost and gained, all of it. He's been there through it all, and he's so patient and loving and kind that it's like It's amazing to to understand and to to grow in my understanding of how his grace has been sufficient. Doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I haven't walked through hard things. Doesn't mean that I haven't really struggled in this area of life, but his grace has been and will always be sufficient Mm -hmm. in all Mm -hmm. of that. So good.
2: You know, as we think about the holiday season and there's lots of treats,
0: (laughs) you know, and,
2: um, you know, how do we think about health, you know, in in feasting seasons and, you know, or in fasting seasons? um, How might we think about having healthy bodies, uh, you know, as we think about this month of December, you know, and then new year, right? The new year, everyone's focused. Okay. Now we need to get back to the gym or we need to lose all the weight we've gained from a global pandemic. (laughs) Um, how might we begin to kind of reframe some of those messages that we get about indulging or working out or new year, new you?
1: I love the word you just used, which was reframe. So one of the big things that I try to talk a lot about is it is so vitally important that we love our bodies and learn to appreciate them. But when it co- and not but <laughs> and when it comes to pursuing health goals and fitness goals and things like that, it's really just all about our motive. And reframing, as you said, that's why I loved that you used that word, reframing the way we approach those things. So, yes, probably throughout the holiday season, you're going to indulge a little bit more. You may, you know, things just might look totally different with your eating and your exercise and all of the things. It's very normal and very typical. And then, you may not feel so great and you may feel like, I, I need to nourish this body a little bit better. And I would say, great, that's wonderful. You can pursue health in any way that you desire. But what I wanna do is make sure that we're not pursuing our health and fitness goals As a result of the external body that we live in, that we're not doing it just, just to drop weight, that we're not doing it because we feel we were bad through the holidays, that we're not doing it because our body needs more work. We need to improve. We need to, it's not those things. It's more like, how can I fuel and nourish my body in a way that makes me feel well, like I'm noticing, wow! I had a lot of desserts this season. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge myself for that. I'm just gonna notice that I'm not feeling so great. I feel right. like I I'm might So need... it's so much better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm noticing I might need more nutrients, mm-hmm. or I might need extra. I need some more water. I need like more wholesome foods, and it's not coming from this place that we've been in, this dieting cycle that we've been in through the years. It's more of okay, what's done is done. It was so fun to celebrate with my family and loved ones and all of this. So we're not going to approach this from a dieting standpoint. I need to go on a diet. I need to be restrictive. I need to cross out all sugar. I need to do all of things. Those are going to, all of those things are going to backlash. So we instead need to say, okay, how can I nourish my body today? How can Mm -hmm. I move my body today in a way that feels, makes me feel Mm -hmm. well, gives me energy, what am I noticing about my body? Um, honoring our hunger. When you're hungry, eat some food. <laughs> Go mm-hmm. eat. <laughs> don't don't restrict it. That's going to backfire. Um, honor your fullness. So as you're noticed, so getting really in tune with your body and pursuing that wellness from a standpoint of truly caring for and loving on and nourishing and moving mm-hmm. your body. Because you love your body. And if you don't, because you're working toward loving your body. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's all about reframing and having the right motive behind mm-hmm, what we do. Mm-hmm. So I
2: think that's really great. I love the idea of honoring and this concept of like wellness. And so, you know, how am I nourishing myself and how am I moving in ways because I know that's good for me, not because it's gonna produce a certain result. You know, on the other side of your own journey, having not only lost a bunch of weight, but of course, like struggled with all of the mental weights of what does it look like to, to find freedom? What is that, what does like an average day look like for you as you approach some of these issues for yourself?
1: Yeah. I think that two main things pop right into my head. And one of those is, is intentionally getting really in tune to my body. I have worked mm. really hard on that because I dieted for so long that I would I stopped paying attention to my body's hunger cues and fullness cues and what foods I actually liked and when I was thirsty mm-hmm. or tired or needed to move or needed to rest. I, I mm. sort of ignored those things and needed to get back to where I could hear those signals that my body was letting me know, hey, this is what I need. So Mm -hmm. getting really in tune with my body helps tremendously. And then um, another thing that popped right into my head was offering compassion. So approaching myself completely with With compassion. So whatever, whatever that day needs to look like, allowing it to look like that. Now, as far as rhythms are concerned, I do have my own rhythms that I kind of fall into. So I like to wake up, have coffee with my kids, get them on the bus, and then I'll go for a Mm -hmm. walk outside. I love a good strong sturdy like sweaty intense workout but I also just love going outside and just walking and breathing in the fresh air so I'll get I'll get some walking in I'll come home I work from home so I'll do some work then I'll go back out for another walk um, just mm-hmm. kind of those things mm-hmm. just listening to my body and allowing allowing myself to make the decisions that I need throughout the day one day it might look like not really doing a lot of movement another day it does and so I sort of try to follow on this path of Mm -hmm. these rhythms, but also allowing for there to be space for what I might need. There are times where, actually this morning was one of those times where I was like, all right, I need like a good sweaty, intense workout and that's what I need and I'll go do it. Um, And there are other times where I'm like, I need to allow myself to rest. I need to allow myself to go a little bit slower. And so I think getting in tune with Mm -hmm. your body is one of the best things you can possibly do, even in establishing mm-hmm. those rhythms.
2: What do you feel like are some maybe good starting places for for folks who find, yeah, they're at war with their body or, you know, they they judge their body so they feel kind of like separate from your body. What are some activities or mindsets that they might do to actually be in your body in the present?
1: Okay. So I would say, where are you right now? So you might be like, oh yeah, Jennifer's like, love your body, but she doesn't get it there. I'm nowhere close to that. I can't love my body. There's no way you might be in that area right now. And that is okay. Maybe we pull it back a little and we, we practice moving towards some body confidence. We're being more confident in our body, but maybe even that's too much. So maybe we pull it back and we're like, I'm just going to be kind of (laughs) neutral to my body with my, about my body for a little while. So I think Learning where you are right now and that being okay. Is mm-hmm. is a great starting place. And so once you really recognize, okay, I'm in the place of body loathing, I'm nowhere close to body love, I'm gonna try to be a little more neutral about my body. That's gonna be mm-hmm. my first goal. That's gonna be my starting place. So, how can I work toward that? And then we can work toward other things. But validating what is your story? What have you walked through in this body that no one quite understands like you do because you're the one who walked through it? And so mm-hmm. validating. Validating what you've gone through, validating your story, offering yourself compassion instead of beating yourself up over it and seeing where you are and that will give you a good indication of what your first steps can be toward being at peace with your body. Maybe there's no other goal than just you want to be at peace with your body. Then that's where we're going to start. That's what where, where we're going to walk mm-hmm. toward.
2: I think that's great. Yeah, Because, yeah, we're not going to we're not going to grow in any way if we're actually choosing to like use the same methodologies that got us into this (laughs) into the mess we're in. Right. Right.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Well, Jennifer, where can folks follow you and find out more about your work? So, I love hanging out on Instagram. So, Jennifer Taylor Wagner is over there, and you can go to my website, jennifertaylorwagner.com, and you can pre order my brand new book, Your Good Body, on anywhere, anywhere that you like to order books. So, yay, very fun. <laughs> well, tell us as we conclude what your
2: laundry routine looks like. I would love to say that it's a little more glamorous than it actually is. <laughs> so That's one reason why I do ask the question because it isn't glamorous. It is
1: literally not glamorous at all. I would love to say like I do one load of laundry every day and then I stay on top of it, but I don't. Uh, so typically I will, I'm really good about keeping the laundry washed and dried. But then it'll turn into a mountain, which just continues to grow until it's Mount Everest size. But once it's all ready and I've decided to for sure take some time to fold the laundry, I dump it all on my bed and I turn on a podcast and I just listen and fold laundry. If my my kids are home, they are six and nine. They'll be on their post in the bedroom and I'm like, here's for you to hold. And I'll just throw things at them and I'll do something and throw it at them. And then we'll all disperse to try to put everything away.
2: Nice. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we have, we have
2: mountains of laundry over here as well. My oh, children good. do their laundry now which is great, but it Ooh. just it kind of always lives in the basket is the problem. Yes, we haven't gotten to the folding and Yeah, the anyway. other day
1: I was like I'm going to fold this while it's still like Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia <laughs> before it turns into Mount Everest, and it, but yep. it still didn't happen. I didn't get to it. So it turned into Mount Everest again. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I do like the, like
2: dump it all out. Cause then you have to see it and then yeah. you, you have to do something about it. Yes, so, Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You've given us so much food for thought and a lot of great small starting places. So we appreciate your work and I'm excited for your book to come out. Thank you
1: so much, Ashley. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.
2: I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I think of bodily health, it's easy to get wrapped up in cultural expectations of what makes a healthy body. And it's easy to get wrapped up in all of this language of what does it look like to just accept me for who I am. But as Christians particularly, how do we see ourselves the way God sees us? And how do we honor, I love how Jennifer talked about that our bodies as part of who we are, that's not separate from our minds and spirits and souls. It takes a journey of a lifetime. So I hope that maybe her book, Your Good Body, will be something that you'll pick up and pre-order as you think about this holiday season and as you think about your own health goals, perhaps in the new year. You can find the link to that in the show notes Also, I did want to mention A Spacious Season, A Weary Mom Rejoices is my audio devotional that is still available. You can listen to those six audio episodes real quick so it's not something that you needed to have started at that first week of Advent, and I know that it will encourage you to think about how the women in Jesus's own genealogy show us the wide mercy of God. You can find out more at the link in the show notes or go to aahales.com shop. As we consider our one small step, I want to encourage you to think about your own self narration about your body. Do you think of it as something far off? Is it out there? Do you think of your body as part of who you are? Do you ask questions about what feels nourishing, what feels good, or what might God have to say to me about my body? I hope some of those questions will begin to help you actually acknowledge where you really are, to not beat yourself up, or to have this kind of false idea of, well, my body's good and. Therefore, I should just, you know, accept it. But how do we start? The first part is actually noticing that God created our bodies good. Like all of creation, it was good. When Adam saw Eve, he said, At last, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Our bones, our flesh are good. And as we journey on this side of the garden to re-remember that our bodies are good, I pray that some of these noticing activities will be helpful for you, especially in this Advent and Christmas season. Thank you, friends, for being here. It has been such a pleasure to offer a spacious season for you. It's been a pleasure to talk about a spacious life last season and then in these last four episodes to talk about health. I'd encourage you, if you haven't yet, pick up a copy of A Spacious Life. It makes a great Christmas present, and I want to just say happy Christmas, and we will see you in the new year for the Finding Holy podcast. If you haven't, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode when we come back in mid-January. Remember, all these big things matter, but so does your laundry.